Welcome back to Tell Me More for Run Radio. We'll get some writer's tips in here too. Our guest today is Wajid Hussan. My name's Trina for Run Radio. We'll get started. Welcome so much for coming. Hey, Trina. Good to see you. Great Good to be to on your see show. You. You've got quite a list of things that you do on a regular basis from writing to comedy and voice work. So tell me more about all of those things and how your life took a twist and turn to each one of those things. Um, I'll, I'll give your listeners a quick rundown okay. uh, of, of my life uh, if they have four hours to spare. Um, but um, I was born in Pakistan. My parents moved to England when I was three. So I was raised in England, in the north of England, till the age of 10. Then they moved to London. And then I went to high school in London and had my formal education in England. Uh, I then got into the technical field as a field service engineer in England and then moved uh, to, uh, to America, primarily Los Angeles, um, and then worked in the technical field there. Uh, but in the background, I was... I was following my own um, spiritual leader, yogi master by the name of Dr. George King. And that was one of the reasons for moving to LA as well. And then later on, I, uh, when, when he passed away, I kind of got into a bit of a depression. And then my, my wife at the time said, well, why don't you know, you, you did, you did little stand up at school, made people laugh. Why don't you do some comedy and get out of your depression? So I took some classes, found out I was still, funny and started hitting the laugh factory and whatever uh, doing the open mics um and at that time i had a little computer store in hollywood uh repair store and this lady came to repair uh, her apple computer her mac and she kept looking at me and i said why do you keep looking at me she said well you have an interesting face i said so she said well i'm a casting director so I said, so, because I didn't know what a casting director was. She said, well, let's get you an agent. So she got me an agent. And then, then I started booking commercials. So I guess I was discovered in Hollywood, unsuspectingly. And then from there, I did, I did parts in um, uh, sitcoms and movies uh, as a character actor for 20 years. And most recently, uh, I, I, I moved uh, to North Carolina four years ago and I published uh, a book in, in August of 2020 called The Struggle for World Sanity. And uh, in there, I, I outlined uh, some of my own personal experiences, experiences with my yogi master, and also, you know, revelations, truths that were given, which are, which are absolutely astounding, which I think are very significant in these days. And, and the title itself, um, you know, the struggle for world sanity uh, is, is, is a, uh, an adapt uh, title to in these days of struggle and strife. So that's basically a rundown for your listeners. Okay, going back to probably what everybody in Hollywood dreams about someone just walking up to them and asking them <laughs> if, if they need an agent, you know, that was real exciting. Were you just, did you kind of take it just as well? We'll see how it goes. Or were you very excited about it? Um, I, I believe that, I believe there's no such thing as coincidence. Having studied metaphysics, I think everything is meant to be. I think sometimes your life is kind of outlined okay. in many ways. And it, it wasn't something, I mean, when I was working in the technical field, it wasn't something I aspired to, uh -huh. you know, to get into the, in, into the industry. So, um, I guess it was meant to be. And it was really interesting because my, 
this is very this is really this 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 still blows my mind but uh seven years um before my yogi master uh passed away um he 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 mentioned that uh, you know that he could see me uh as a taxi cab driver and uh and i and i said well how could i be a taxi cab driver and this was seven years before he passed away um and then so my first commercial that I did was for Nike. And guess what? I was a taxi cab driver. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so he saw it, he saw it years before it happened. So, you know, uh these things are maybe sometimes lined up. And so yeah, so that was my first ever commercial, national commercial was for Nike as a as a taxi cab driver. It's still shown on YouTube as well. So cool. um, what are some of the sitcoms we might have seen you in? Um, how I Met Your Mother, I was on that. Um, did a co-star role on that. Um, I did a guest star role on the Parkers uh, at that time with Monique. When she was in a prime, she uh, poor Monique. I know she. I mean, she got a she got an Oscar, and then she. I don't know. She was influenced by her 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 husband because she kind of went kind of off spiral, and now she's like they're not giving her work anymore. And it was wonderful to work with her. Um, but, um, you know, I, I don't know. Um, it was, uh, it's, it's a shame because she's such a talented actress. So mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, she was at the peak of her career and she, I don't know what, if her husband influenced her, but I don't see her doing any work anymore. So, uh, you know, you, you don't, uh, you know, if you get, if you get parts and whatever in, in Hollywood, I mean, because I used to kind of, look down a little bit at my parts because they were ethnic ethnic parts and I mean of course I'm from South Asia but I was also raised in England but for me they wanted you know put a turban on my head and put on an Indian accent and you know Hollywood loves the stereotype but you know they were paying me well so you know <laughs> you felt like you could you could make an exception or, yeah, I think the highlight the highlight of my career was I was uh, I was being on Mad Men. I was on Mad Men for an episode, and uh, so that was a highlight. I was probably the only South Asian actor ever to make it on Mad Men, so that was that was quite a for me. Uh, I felt quite an achievement. I mean, the fact that I got regular work. Uh, I mean, let's face it; not every hardly anybody makes it, you know, as such as an A list actor. But the fact that I got regular work as a regular working actor uh, was was incredible because I think I was I was probably in the top five percent because there's hundreds of thousands of actors and they don't get parts at all. So very very competitive, very stressful business. Uh, all the you know ninety nine point ninety nine percent rejections, mm -hmm. you know that you have to deal with. So it it messes with your head. Yeah, so, um, sure it does. What were some of the thoughts that you would have when you would get rejected for a role that you went up for and you were hoping? You just have to have crocodile skin. You just got to keep going. Yeah. And then uh, I guess it's, uh, acting must be an addiction because you get that high, you're on set and you're treated for king of the day and you got your own dressing room and they, they, they pamper you and then you go on national TV and whatever. So it's a bit of a, I guess it's, that's the high you get that you're looking for uh, to get that role. Um but as a character actor, I, I did I did a lot of commercials, uh, so that was part of my success as well. Do you still well act? Uh, 
not right now. I'm focusing on the book and interviews, um, but I do have an agent and uh, here in North Carolina. And she said, whenever you're ready, uh, we'll, you know, for auditions, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be there for you. So, so that's what, good. What, let's talk about the book and what made you want to write? What made you decide this was a route to take? Well, um, you know, in the background, like I say, uh, it was something that I don't, I didn't openly discuss. Uh, mm -hmm. My, it was kind of my own, you know, I mean, I supported the organization that my yogi master um, uh, created called the Ethereum Society, but it was, it was more private and it wasn't. And then of course, you know, you have to eat, you have to pay the rent. And so metaphysics and spirituality doesn't, doesn't pay the rent. So now I was in a position to now I had certain, you know, spiritual experiences and I felt it was important to let people know that, you know, that despite what's going on in the world, uh, I think there is a light at the end of the tunnel that we're not, we're not destined to be in this position of madness that we are right now. I mean, we, right now we're, we, we're being threatened with nuclear war if things go out of hand in, in Ukraine. So uh, the main pur purpose of the book was to to let people know that we need to return back to uh, you know spiritual values, not not so much religious values, because unfortunately religion itself has caused many problems. Orthodox religion has caused many problems, still is causing problems of hatred between races and religions. So uh, it was to let people know that we need to go back to our roots, our heritage of why we are actually here. You know, we're not here to suffer. We're here to learn experiences and we're supposed to gain enlightenment and states of high consciousness. Uh, we're not supposed to be in this political craziness, this economic system, unjust economic system, uh, endless wars and all this all this uh, stuff that we've, we've actually created ourselves as a race. So I think it's important now to, you know, let people know that we need to return back to these uh, spiritual values and, and and some of the truths which have been hidden uh, by mainstream media and the religions and let people know that we need to unveil these uh, these truths. Do you think you learned a lot through writing this book or found that it was therapeutic for you to write? Um, it, you know, it didn't take me long to write the book. I, I was uh, actually the inspiration behind it was uh, I got this email from this company said that we can write write the book a book for you and uh you know for i think some astronomical figure i think it was like ten thousand or fifteen thousand dollars that they will publish the book you just have to interview and i thought well i guess i could write it myself so it didn't take very long to write it mm -hmm. because you know with writing acting any kind of creative music it has to it has to come it has to be an inspiration. It's not something you can just sit down and write. So the inspiration came to write the book and then it kind of sat on the shelf for like three years and it didn't really kind of move because um, I was moving around, still doing things. And it was actually a friend of mine who kept pushing me to, to get the book. Then I got somebody to do the cover and then he helped me, he helped me format it to put it up on Amazon. And uh, what was really interesting, uh, Trina, that when it was published, it, you know, Amazon has certain categories and it, and, it, and it went straight to number one on two categories, uh, mysticism and spirituality. And the other one was UFOs, extraterrestrial life. So it went straight to number. I mean, of course, it didn't stay number one, but it gave me an indication that people are, are interested in the, in the subject matter. 
And so I had experiences which I kind of kept to myself for years. And I thought, well, why not, you know, let people know uh, things that um, they've never heard of before. So will you put out another book following this one? I'm not quite sure. Uh, I'll probably not at this point. I think I needed to write what I needed to do. But uh, I'm, I'm recently I, I became a res represented represent I represent North Carolina for my, for the organization that I follow the Ethereum Society. So I'll probably be promoting uh, them uh, in the near future uh, as a, as a way of of continuing uh, spreading the the information that people I I feel need to hear uh, of, uh, truths which will inspire and help in these uh, troubled times. How did you publish? Did you self-publish hybrid, get a traditional publisher? Uh, it, it was self-published through Amazon. Yes, um, okay. And uh, like I say, I didn't know how to do it. So my friend is more technically minded and he did the formatting and, and the layout and everything. And uh, then uh, I had another person who was actually uh, um, a, a very uh, well-known um, cover designer because the cover of the book is very important because it's the, that's the first impression you get of any book and so she she did covers for like people like um, mark victor hansen you know um deepak chopra um, um and uh, the, a few of these inspirational writers and so she was well known and i knew her personally as, and so she did the cover for me and it all kind of uh, went very smoothly so i guess it was meant to be again it right? was so in, in the you know, kind of it following along with the subject of the book and the state that the world is in and you said you got found yourself in a bit of a depressed state comedy can help so many people with just ex escaping for a little bit laughing did you feel like that made a big difference for you when you got back into it did it really was that helpful for you well there, there's you know there's definitely a high of getting on stage and uh -huh. making people laugh um, you know, of course, sometimes you bomb as well, but that, that's just the part of the part of the thing. But um, come, com, com, comedians, the ones I I hung around with, were probably the most depressed people you've ever met in your life. You hear that so often. Yeah, they were they were messed up. I thought <laughs> I was messed up, but till I met these people, so their 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 high was getting on stage and getting a laugh, and uh, so they yeah. So um, also the you know, some of the, a lot of the funny comedians have had lives where they've, they've give they've me one been... moment, please. Let me pause this. All right. All right. Apologies for the phone call. We got that taken care of. So we were talking about your comedy being on stage and how that did or didn't help with your depression. So you feel like it made a difference. Um, Like I say, you know, the high is, is getting on stage and, and making people laugh. Um, I, <laughs> I, I remember I was at the Laugh Factory once and Jamie Masada, he's the owner of the Laugh Factory. And when you do the open mic, the, the, the comics kind of line up and he critiques you. And so I'm sitting there uh, with a turban on my head because I did all the ethnic stuff, you know, right. uh, with my stand up. And uh, who walks in but Chris Rock. And uh, he comes up to me, shakes my hand, he looks at my turban and he says, oh, I see you want to be like me. And then just walks away. So I thought it was just kind of funny that <laughs> he made, made that remark. But um, you you just never knew who who would turn up and uh, and and be on. Um, I mean, Dave Chappelle, uh, I think once flew in on his private jet just to go in and work on some material. 
so uh so you got to see some of that stuff wow. as well but uh yeah it's um yeah uh, a lot of the comics the good comics i mean you know the tears of a clown poor mm -hmm. robin williams you know is an I example know. yeah terrible yeah. tragic tragic example of being such a funny guy and yet just so messed up inside mm -hmm. so so at least your listeners realize that i'm actually quite messed up inside That's oh. I please stay with us please stay with us that that's very important to share though i mean i think with the way our our mental wellness is not right now i i hope people you know don't take a smile as okay on people and that know that you know ask if you know ask are you okay do you need help you know how can i help all those things that we we need to do for one another um do yeah it's do, important to it's important to open up and let people know if you're going through uh, yeah. mental issues absolutely you, you're correct did you find it hard i mean you moved around a lot i feel like that could be intimidating trying to understand different regions and humor and was that hard or easy for you um in what ways? I just feel like a lot of times, even even across the United States, people have, you know, their own little vernacular or jargon about things. And sometimes picking up what's funny or how people mean to be funny isn't easily interpreted. So I didn't know if it was easy for you to get the jokes or people to get your jokes when you made them when you moved around so much. Um. Yeah, I mean, I put on the funny accent and played played the uh, East Indian, and and for some reason they found it funny and little quips and ethnic quips and stuff like that. So people got it, so long as it made them laugh, and that's really what they were there for to laugh. So you know, I mean, there was boy, there was this one one comic, and she got up on stage and she was telling all the greatest jokes in the world, and you could you could hear a pin drop. Nobody was laughing, and I was like so uncomfortable so it's not the jokes mm -hmm. i think i think it's the presence and also you know you, you you've kind of you've got to love your audience so you gotta you gotta have that um connection if you don't have that connection with the audience it doesn't matter what how many jokes you're gonna tell it's just not gonna happen so either they like you or they don't like you yeah you know yeah. and so that connection is very important good good what else would you like to share that we haven't touched on well, um, you know, uh, I, I'd like to share about uh, about the book and some of the some of the concepts of, of the book. Um, yes, please. Because, um, you know, like I say, it got number one on in the category of UFOs, and and you know, extraterrestrial life is something which is forefront in, in these days. And uh, uh, the yogi master that I that I followed was actually, you know, was contacted uh, by higher intelligences. That, that live on different dimensions in the solar system. So, you know, people used to laugh at the concept of life on other planets and people are not laughing laughing anymore. Um, with, with technology and astronomy, you know, the concept that we're just the only people, uh, you know, in the, never mind the solar system in this galaxy is laughable. So um, it's important to, you know, the, the, you know, the governments of the world know that, the, that these extraterrestrials and these spacecraft exist. Uh, they just are not revealing it to the public. And so the public are, are demanding the truth uh, behind uh, extraterrestrial life and why they are here and what, you know, the, the purpose behind. And so I think the governments are deliberately hiding this truth because they don't want people to, to be aware that there's 
extraterrestrial life that's not only technically advanced but also spiritually advanced they actually care about this planet and so that's another reason uh, these revelations uh, are being given right now so that people are people understand that we are being monitored uh, by higher intelligences and they do they care about us um, in the 50s when my my yogi master was contacted we started the uh, started the atomic um, you know started exploding atomic and hydrogen bombs again in our history we've done it in the past as well and so there was a lot of tremendous amount of ufo sightings around the planet um, so there was a concern that we were ready to you know destroy ourselves again and i think uh, america exploded over a thousand and so did russia and and scientists today still don't understand why we're not all dead because that radioactive fallout should have killed everyone on the planet and I believe it was intervention by higher forces that absorbed a lot of that radiation and pretty much saved us from our own folly. So that's something that people are not aware of what, that I wanted to explain and let people know. And they can read more about that in your book. Tell them again where they can go to get it right now. Well, it's, uh, it's called The Struggle for World Sanity. It's on Amazon. Uh, but if you want to learn more about, I have some clips of my acting and uh, my trip to Kilimanjaro that I did in 2006, uh, information on my on the organization that I follow. Uh, they can just go to my website, which is uh, wajidauthor.com, which is W-A-J-I-D-A-U-T-H-O-R.com. All right. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much, Trina, for having me. I appreciate it.